and welcome to episode 38 of Women Who Rebrand. This episode is called New Beginnings, A Career After Cancer, and we are joined today by the lovely Alexia Barron. Hello. Hi. Hiya. Um, Alexia is the founder of Porto and Bello. Um, in March 2020, while pregnant with her second child, Alexia was unfortunately diagnosed with breast cancer. Five days after her diagnosis, her world changed as she knew it, and the UK was in lockdown due to COVID-19. Her journey with cancer during the pandemic had many ups and downs. Alexia had a newborn baby and had to face her biggest fear alone. Throughout her treatment, she couldn't help but to think about everyone else going through um, cancer alone. And her new business idea was born, port-friendly, accessible clothing for patients undergoing treatment. Amazing. The hoodie and crew sweaters have discreet two-way zips along the chest and arms, making it easy to access a port, P-I-C-C line, or veins during treatment. So we've got Alexia here today to discuss her brand, to discuss her journey, and her rebrand, essentially, um, and her new her new career. I'm Hi. so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Women Who Rebrand is a UK-based lifestyle platform that champions growth, inspiring women to live authentically while navigating the challenges of modern-day life. The platform is home to the self-titled podcast and insightful articles covering careers, health and wellness, and relationships. Join our online community at Women Who Rebrand. So we're going to get straight into it, um, Alexia. Um, Tell us what prompted you to speak to your GP. What what, well, we know you had breast cancer, yes. um, but what were the telltale signs? Okay, this is going to be the most anti-climatic like, answer ever. And that's why I think it's important to tell because a lot of the times it is. It's not in your yeah. face that it's not something you're like, oh, no, this is, this is breast cancer, red flags. I was pregnant. My breasts were already going through so many changes. Mm. They were triple the size. Okay. I had had, you know, my son before and I know I, I knew that like when you're pregnant, your breast changes, your milk supply starts coming in. You know, you can have cysts during your pregnancy in your breast. And so for me, any changes didn't not, you know, it didn't seem like a big deal. Mm. Um and honestly it was one of those situations and it's funny because I feel like a lot of times when you speak to someone who was diagnosed, they say it was one of those weird situations, you know, because it was, if it wasn't for that day, where would I be? Mm-hmm. And it's just one morning I woke up, I was brushing my teeth, I was feeling my chest and I felt it's not even a lump. So, you know, when they say check for lumps, it was yeah. not a lump. It was my entire kind of right breast was like a hard surface on the top. Mm. So I thought, okay, that means, I don't know something's going on probably get yeah, to get yeah. it checked out but you know no big deal I'm pregnant it's a lot of changes in my body hormones are everywhere of course um I at the time my GP had an app and you could book an appointment on your app and I said okay if I can get an appointment I'll go if I can't then I won't wow I ha- literally uh, honestly this is like this is what these stories I hear them from so many people too and it's it's like, wow, you know, and I, I opened my app and it was 8.55 a.m. and I had an appointment for 9 a.m. I was like, all right, I'm going. So I had to get there in five minutes. I went in my pajamas, no care in the world. I was like, I'm going to go. I went and I was met by my GP who happened to be pregnant as well. 
And she's like, all right, let's have a quick look. And um, she's like, you know what? It looks like a cyst to me. Let me get you some antibiotics. All right, if you say so, that's all I wanted to know. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think with COVID, ooh, it was like March. It was the beginning, mm, second week of March at this point. I'm like, what's wow. going on? Are you okay? Are we safe? She's like, yeah, just stay safe. I'm like, you too. I'm walking out the door. And she's like, you know what? Just in case, let's get you an ultrasound. Literally one foot out the door. I said, all right. I mean, okay, father, if you think so, you know. And I went and I went for an ultrasound a week later. And we were so worried because they weren't really doing ultrasounds at the time. The hospitals were starting to shut down. Appointments were starting to yeah. kind of become really restricted to, you know, emergencies only. Um, I remember even going on my own because I was like, it's fine. Like, I'm fine. I'm just going to have an ultrasound. Gosh. But, um, yeah, little did I know that ultrasound led to a biopsy while I was there. And thank God my mom pushed to come with me. She's like, I'm coming with you. I was like, no. She's like, I'm coming. Okay. And um, one week later, I got the news that I needed to come in because it wasn't a cyst. Wow. So they could tell straight away, well, with the biopsy as well, I guess. They just just knew. So there's characteristics they look for on an ultrasound. And, um, some, you know, the way, uh, for example, if it's a lump or a cyst or whatever a node, if it's growing a certain, you know, upwards or sideways or the characteristics mm-hmm. of it tells them a lot, mine guessed didn't look good. So they said, you know, we need to do a biopsy. But even then I was like, okay, you know, fine. <laughs> I didn't yeah, think this is yeah. breast cancer. Not at all. Absolutely not. Does it run in your family? So because I was 29 when I was diagnosed, all the, you know, it was so hard because I couldn't really see any, um, like, doctors, oncologists for so long until yeah, everyone yeah. was figuring out where the, what is going on in the UK. So all the doctors were telling me, it's probably genetics or hormonal for sure. I mean, you're pregnant, so it's either a hormone breast cancer or it runs in your family. You're 29, right? Even when you Google yeah. search, do I have breast cancer? Okay. And Google scares me 99.9% yeah. of the time, right? They're like, you're dying at all yeah. times. Um, yeah. It's like, unless, you know, uh, you know, check, go get checked out. And if you need to go to the GP, please do so. But generally, most women get diagnosed with breast cancers in their 40s and 50s, you know? So if you don't, you're not in your 40s and 50s, don't, you know, kind of like chill out. Mm, uh, so I mm. thought I'm okay. Um, but um, it does not run in my family. It, is okay. not a BRCA gene. It is not genetics. It was not hormone breast cancer. So everything that I was just kind of told off the bat was was not right. Wow. Yeah. And that really, not to say it's scary, but obviously, you know, you want to think about these things. And I think with cancer, I've I've I know people that you know it runs in my family. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm aware of it. It yeah. was a lump. Yeah. Um, and it's like there's certain checks that you can only get, obviously, when you're a bit older, because mm-hmm. they're just like, well, the percentage is very low, but Correct. it still happens. Correct. Still happens. Of course. It's like I have a, I had a friend that sadly passed away. She had ovarian cancer Sorry. and she was in her 20s. So it's exactly the same thing. And it's like a simple thing, like a smear test could have just foreseen and could have known like yeah. you know and prevented these things because obviously you want to catch it early but 100%. when I was pregnant with my son my third child um I actually found a lump in my armpit and I yeah. was just like 
terrified. I was distraught, but it was way before COVID. It was like eight eight years ago now. And I had to have a biopsy. But thank God, um, it just turned out to be, um, I think it was like a swollen milk. Oh, okay. Yes, a milk. Yeah, something to do with your milk. And I was like, what, in my armpit? Yeah. So important just to just go and check, you know, even if you think, you know, I might be wasting their time. Oh, it's like you. I always feel like I'm wasting my GP's time. Like waste their time. That's what I tell everyone. Please waste your time. Waste your time. Waste everyone's time. Please waste our time. Because I'd rather you waste your time, waste a hundred people's time than not, you know? Exactly. And that's what I even say to anyone now you know if you have something that does not feel right no one knows your body like you you have to advocate for yourself and no one it's I always say like I've never done this before you know no one's Mm -hmm. done this before so how are you supposed to to know you're not and that's why I feel like it's funny now being on social media and being you know, even on Instagram, you, you, you get these monthly reminders to check, you know, and I, I'm very yeah. much in the breast cancer community because I've gone through it. But I wonder if if you're not in it, whether you would know to. And that's something that I've now imposed on my family members, my mom, my sister, like, please just check. Please just go right. for a walk, take a bath, just chest, you know, check your chest, your armpit, your collarbone, because breast cancer can go all the way up to here, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's it's something that Seriously, unless you look out for your own body in a way, um, no one really. It's, it's kind of hard to say, but will because, yeah, you got to you got to fight. You got to you really do. And um, I'm really thankful in my situation that my GP, you know, fought for me in that situation because I was like, all right, goodbye, thank you for the antibiotics, you know, and that would have been it. Absolutely. And my GP Absolutely. surgery closed the next day. That's it. They were no longer taking any appointments. Closed the next day. So it's just about, you know, cutting it close. And Mm. that's why I'm all about, you know, just spreading that awareness. Because when you know, when you're aware, I know it's scary, but it gives you a sense of control. And it gives Mm. you, you know, most most cancers today, more and more, for example, breast cancer is being cured because of early detection. So right. if we're aware, you know, there's a higher chance of a cure. So you need, I know it's scary, but you need to go there because if, if, you know, God forbid, knock on whatever, it is something, you caught it early, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, we can deal with this. It's not, Absolutely. it's kind of living in that bliss. It's not going to, it's not going to be me. I'm 29. That's yeah. when you have issues. Absolutely. So what um, form of treatment did you have and um, what did it involve? So, okay. Well, first involved me having my baby early. I had to be induced. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There was no waiting around. I said, please, like, can I just have, like, finish my term? You know, there was none of that. Could I have a chance to even, like, freeze eggs? There was no. So two weeks later, without even knowing what kind mm. of breast cancer I was dealing with because they couldn't do scans, MRIs, PETC, because I was pregnant. You can't get into one. You know, you can't. Right. So I had to go into UCH on my own um, without Sorry, my husband. Sorry, how, how um, early were you? I was, what, they kept me going till 36 weeks. Okay. Um, where they felt, okay, we're in a safer zone now. Because yep. I was only dying, I only, you know, started kind of investigating at 
32, 33 weeks, diagnosed right. 34 weeks. And so okay. they're like, let's keep it going 36. So that's our max. Yeah. Um, so I went in to UCH, had my baby on my own, which was a whole different trauma. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and the next day they wheeled me over across the street to the McMillan Cancer Center. And I had my first mammogram after having the baby the day before. And I had my first PET scan and bone scan and MRI. And then, and only then, after staying in hospital for a week on my own, were they able to tell me, okay, this is what we know now. Um, I came home, I think it was on a Wednesday or Thursday. And I started treatment a week later. Um, I was sitting at my first chemotherapy appointment. So I had two different kind of chemotherapies um, alongside immunotherapy treatment. Um, that went on for about close to like a year. And then I had double mastectomy reconstruction again on Mm -hmm. my own COVID. They wouldn't even allow my partner in with me, which was, Oh, honestly, I, I learned advice from my, um, someone I met that was going, that had gone through breast cancer. She said, just grab anyone's hand you can. And so any nurse Mm -hmm. that was coming by, I was just like, hold my hand. You know, I'm like, you need that. Yeah, you need that. Of course. And uh, after that, a month after that, I started radiotherapy for about 20 sessions. So it's like daily for about a month. Mm-hmm. So you're just going in. Mm-hmm. And after that, I continued with immunotherapy treatment for, oh my gosh, like another six to eight months. Um, and unfortunately, 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 I had to kind of pause all that because my heart was starting to have, take a kind of like a hit from all the treatment and all immunotherapy, which is something that you would never even imagine. I'm like, I'm trying to fight this cancer. Like, I don't care about my heart. It's like, no, you care (laughs) (laughs) because in 10 years time, you're going to care. And I was like, okay, fine. No, you're running this, this, this marathon. I'm seeing the end. I'm like, I can, oh my, I've been doing so well. I don't want to skip one treatment. And they're like, we Mm -hmm. need to pause. Your heart's not keeping up. So I've had to pause. And we're just kind of getting my heart and thyroid into a better better place to make sure that we're Mm -hmm. not going to deal with any other issues in the next 10 Mm -hmm. years. (laughs) Right, right. So are you cancer-free? It's a really hard one to say. Um, I don't. I don't know, um, right. is the answer. Okay. Um, my oncologist were, and my breast surgeon were very hopeful um, after mm-hmm. after my treatment. Basically, they, they based it on your reaction. So my tumor was, the surface that I was talking about was a 10-centimeter yes. tumor. So, wow. yeah, it took up my whole breast, which makes sense. And, again, never felt it until one day it just kind of shifted on top and I felt the surface. So nice. it was not a lump. It was my whole breast feels hard on top. Yeah. Um, so based on how my chemotherapy attacked it and how it responded, like, okay, this is what we want to see. You know, it wasn't getting bigger. It wasn't staying the same. It was starting to shrink. You know, during surgery, they were able to remove, you know, all the tissue. They tested it. They were felt confident in that. But like they always say, you know, if you could imagine a 10-centimeter tumor in your breast, there could be a tiny 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 like poppy seed you know of cancer somewhere else in the body which we hope we've completely you know destroyed with all the treatment if your 10 centimeter tumor is gone then we're hoping that poppy seeds you know long gone 
but yeah. that's why we kind of um, stay under close care, I would say, for you know yeah. some cancers that are... So mine was HER2 positive. So the most recurrences normally happen in the first five years. So for the next five years, I, it's a very close kind of, you know, I don't know. Monitoring. Monitoring and... Yeah. Um, yeah, and checks all the time because we're hoping, but we'll see. Only time will tell and... Right. And yeah. Gosh. So obviously you had to deal with all of this over that two year period, but with a newborn baby as well. And it was your first child. Second so, child. I had a two and a half year old at home, which is Oh <laughs> Honestly, like if it was oh. Yeah, I had a toddler yeah. at home. It was, it was a lot. Did you have much support from your partner oh, in terms of looking after the kids, but also just emotionally dealing with everything that came to you okay so I didn't allow anyone into my home for two years my home was a cocoon and I was in it and that was it and no one was going to touch me and we were so scared COVID was a death sentence okay especially for someone with no immune system we were like there's no way I love you I want you here I want a hug trust me I want a hug but you can't mm. come in, you know? And um, so, no, there was no one in my home. There was, um, my mom came, it was funny because we made her like isolate for two weeks before coming into my house. But mm-hmm. she came into my home and she stayed with me for six months. And she genuinely raised my daughter, my baby, as her own. Like my daughter was hers. And I, it was hard, but I'm forever grateful for that. My husband was on my son duty at all time. Like, you know, he was, he's such a sensitive and aware and smart little boy. He was picking up on everything. And, um, and COVID and COVID all of a sudden his, you know, he couldn't go to nursery. He couldn't have family members. So it was just my husband trying to do P, you know, PE sports outside the backyard with him, keeping him entertained. And I kind of had to just take care of myself. And that's kind of how it went. For a long time, you know, and it's not like, oh, then I could go to appointments with him. No, he wasn't allowed to any of my oncologist appointments, I, I'm, like scans, nothing, nothing. Um, mm-hmm. Treatments, all chemo treatments were on my own, nothing. Radiotherapy on my own. He wasn't allowed in anything. So surgery, nothing. So it was really me on my own. And that was so tough. I'm not going to say it wasn't. It was really, really tough. Um it was tough to try to explain to someone like what you just went through and then like come back in, you know, I'm like, Hey, you can't yeah. just casually just went, came back, you know? And it's, yeah, it's at a time where things just were heightened anyway. You know, um, my husband thankfully was at home. I mean, everyone was at home, but like, you know, at the time he was furloughed and so he could kind of just focus on our son, which okay. gave me like a lot of reassurance actually, but it, it was tough on me. If I'm being honest. Um, yeah, it was really oh, tough. Gosh. Wow. So after all of that, and obviously at your where you are now, have you felt the need to get kind of emotional support or anything oh, like yeah. that? How have you, oh, yeah. How have you dealt with oh, it? Oh, my God. This is what I say <laughs> a lot. I say for me, and mm-hmm. I don't want anyone else to say, oh, God, it's not how I felt. But for me, it was like going to war. Okay. So going yeah. through chemo 
and then surgery and then immunotherapy and then radio. It was like, like, go, 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 go. But it's when the war is kind of done and you come back home and you're like, what did I just go through that? The PTSD all kicks in and what did my family just experience? And what, you know, the anxieties that we're dealing with now are just over the top. So it's, I was very lucky to have had some couples counseling throughout um, through a, a cancer charity called High Cancer Care, which kept us sane. If that is the word, that is... This was not, this was like not normal. This was like different yeah, level yeah. stuff. And so it yeah. kept us sane. And recently in March, um, I started going to a amazing charity as well called Future Dreams Charity. They're breast cancer charity in King's Cross and they're incredible. And um, I think I found those different charities at the right exact time. Cause honestly, I was in a cocoon for tears. I didn't see anyone. Like I'm so impressed by women that walk in now going through treatment. Like I'm like, how I couldn't brush my teeth most days. Like, how are you doing this? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just, it's nice to go somewhere now and have the ability to just kind of just talk about what I'm going through. And people are like, yeah, I get it. Like you don't, Oh, you yeah. did. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, for sure. Oh, you did that. Oh, I remember, you know, and it's not, weighing anyone down that loves you and is worried like oh you know and like or getting triggered themselves it's someone that shares a very real fight with you and yeah. will understand without you guys having to finish your sentence you know yeah so yeah. um i i'm so thankful i did find these both amazing charities and i wish that i had found them earlier but i don't think i would have even for example been able to walk into future dreams during covid so it kind yeah. of all worked yeah. out at the right time but yeah no so important so honestly happy. so happy it worked out and you got the right support because as you said it's so still important. getting it honestly <laughs> well i mean still, still on that train <laughs> journeys are never done for anyone but to go through what you did is just incredible that you have found a support and yeah yeah it is difficult speaking to family who are i guess going through their yeah. own emotions with it as well 100 percent not to play um play down yeah i know yeah yeah i had some issues with that too like oh but it's my cancer but it wasn't my cancer god it was not my cancer you know what like you think that the scariest the, the person that's just, you know just the most scared of this whole situation is the person going through it but it's really what i've learned is it's not i mean I was again, like I was saying, I, I was in, I was in my own war right then. I was like, focus, focus, focus. You know, mm -hmm. the people that had no control and they love you so much and they can't even be there. That was that was tough as well. Really, really tough. Wow. So whilst going through all of this, you yeah. were still thinking about other people, not just necessarily your family, um, but yeah. you're inspired to make this whole amazing brand, Porto and Bello. What? even made you start thinking <laughs> about others <laughs> okay so I had to get a port placed and a port is like a coin shaped like this that goes underneath your chest normally and it helps mm -hmm. administer chemo just in such a much easier way because it's just okay. it's there you access the vein each time there's no missing there's no stabbing three times there's no ice to fate at one point because I was like I'm over it Chemo is a super toxic drug. So might your veins collapse. You know, they just don't, they can't take it every week. You're in there every week, twice a week for bloods, mm -hmm. for treatment. Um, I had to have a port placed. 
I was not looking forward to it. I was like, I'm 29. I already know that I'm going to have my whole body chopped up. You know, like my, I had a baby. Like I know my breasts were about to go. It's like, for me, it felt like an amputation. You know, it felt like I'm going to have scars everywhere. I don't want another scar. And it's like this, this scar. Okay. It's this big, but this scar is about yeah. scarier and like the rest. And, um, my nurse looked at me and she said, like, so you're, 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 your port's going to become your best friend. So just name it. And that's when I thought, okay, port, port, portobello. And my husband thought it looked like a mushroom underneath my chest. And it just worked out. I was like, that's cute. You know, it's like what you do with kids. <laughs> like, it's not scary. <laughs> it's port- it's a mushroom, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, she was right. She was very right. I had my port placed. And it was, there was no missing. It was just in, out, done. I couldn't put numbing cream before. And just all these little things that made it so much easier. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> What I found was that it was very awkward to get dressed and to have treatment. And I'm talking about urine treatment and I used a cold cap. So at least, you know, two hours for treatment, you start with the cold cap. Then you're in it four hours after treatment. Treatment's about five hours. So you're in there for like eight hours to nine hours a week, a day. So sometimes I'd go for two days a week. And I was wearing my husband's like big t-shirts. Like, because mine's between, it's like here, you know, so how do you even access that? So I, I was wearing yeah. my husband's like big t-shirts. I would just wear one arm out, you know, but then my bra would show mm-hmm. and then they would need this arm and I was like, okay, this arm out for blood pressure. And then, oh, we need to have access to, uh, I, I had a bad reaction yeah. once. So they need to have a reaction to my like veins at all times. So I was just sitting there with like scarf around as my t-shirt, bra out, sitting here with blankets on. And I'm like, what do you mean right now? And like, I love my nurses. I love them, but a lot of them are men. And I was like, love you just don't know if you need to see all this right now you know absolutely absolutely. and like I would like to get a glass of water but can I like will the entire chemo ward have a nice you know and I don't know (laughs) about that then and there but like for me I was like it can't be the way there has to be something and I remember asking my husband please order me something please like my sister would like try to order me anything she couldn't she got me little headscarves I mean they were cute but like I needed something to wear and I needed something yeah. to wear that also made me feel like I was 29, you know, not a patient, not, yeah. you know, long and, you know, cool, cute. You're fighting cancer. You don't need to be you. You know, I needed to still yeah. be me. I needed to then get dressed and go pick up my kids, you know, or get dressed and go pick up some groceries. Like I, I didn't need to feel any more lost than I already was. And, mm-hmm. um, that's when I called my husband on FaceTime because he wasn't there because he couldn't be there, which was so awful. And I was like, listen, I need you to register Porto and Bello. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it's going to have to be something because because this, this can't be it. This cannot be it. You're mean to tell me that like one, I mean, it's scary. I know it's scary, but one in two people are going to get cancer in their lifetime. I mean, it's one in three in some places and we are sitting here half naked for hours at a time. I know it's so scary. It really is. but we need to be doing more and we need to be doing better. And it's important to feel good. And it's important to have that confidence, even coming here to speak to you. I was like, all right, I'm going to shower, put my hair up, get my, you know, because yeah, that's yeah, me. Yeah. That's me. And without me, like already, I was so, you know, and we kind of, it was, I told them that I remember it was February when I was going through, I was sitting treatment and it took us about a year and we were kind of just, going back and forth manufacturers and designing and things like that and until we finally kind of found something got a product that I was really happy with that mm-hmm. was good and so we then launched in um April just six seven months wow. ago 
Wow, it's only been wow. Yeah, so quick. Yeah, honestly, it's been crazy. Women Who Rebrand is a UK-based lifestyle platform. Join our online community at Women Who Rebrand. What were you doing before? Do you have a background in garment technology or design? And I get that asked a lot. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I okay. have a background in marketing. Oh. Funny things, I grew up with family members that were always in the garment industry. My dad growing up, my mom always worked in clothing. So I always had a thin, like familiar connection with it, I guess. And mm-hmm. I, my cousins mm-hmm. have, you know, clothing companies, but me myself like I always walked through no I I I I worked in marketing in in LA in Paris and then I moved to London and I met my husband and that was what I was going to do um but it wasn't and um I used it in my marketing I think it was good for me because it showed me how to kind of open up and like taught me how to like you know how to work with people but it's all been a very very new journey for me um and we learned a lot and my husband's been like my right hand man in everything, whether, you know, with manufacturers and dealing with the, the fabrics and the shipping and the, just making sure everything is exactly how we know it needs to be for the people getting it on the other end. So, um, it's been a labor of love that came with a lot of bloodshed and tears, literally, <laughs> like literally, but it's, I call it honestly, Pornobello is like my third child. It means so much to me. Amazing, amazing. How um how involved are you in the, the design and manufacturing? Uh everything. Um I I remember my first design. <laughs> I printed out like I just drew a shirt and I highlighted and made zips where I wanted them and then we got different fabrics and we different how we wanted to fit um from different, you know, items that we liked from different shops and kind of meshed them together to create this vision um mm-hmm. everything everything from start to finish my husband kind of deals with the, the day-to-day like day-to-day back end but um in I need to be because I know because I know what it would have meant for me and I know mm-hmm. what it'll mean for someone else so I I need to make sure that it's that it's perfect essentially like that that it will last this is an item that needs to be on you at least twice a week every week that you need to wash and be able to wear again I, I got to know it's going to last. I got to know it's going to work right. I know it's going to know it's going to feel good, you know, make you look good. So I, I was not going to, I was not going to like, comp- like compensate any area at all. So mm-hmm. it's been, it's been really cool actually, like learning a lot, but um, the feedback has been great. So we're just we're going, we're continuing to go. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. And it, it, it's, it's it, for me, it sounds like an authentic brand because it's like, you know, you. people might start like a t-shirt company. It's like, right, yeah. I'll just get this t-shirt and get something printed on it and just ship it yeah. away. You never really yeah. see it or yeah. even feel yeah. the fabric. And it's so oh, important, no. I think, for brands to just have that passion, that passion Thank and you. that reason to have the brand in the first place. A hundred percent. My husband and I always said, like, look, if we had to fail at this, then I would have been okay. Like, if it mm-hmm. didn't work out, okay. Because I know that I would have given it my all. And I would have given it everything that was so important to me. Um, you know, like, I, I have so much. Um, I'm so impressed by people that could just start a business like that. Because I never felt like, oh, I, you know, why would mine stand out? You know, why would... 
why would mine be better than anyone? Like, what makes me unique in this entire yeah. industry? I feel my experience is an experience that no one can take from me. And so for that, for that on its own, I feel like, you know, this was worth doing because it's something that I know that I can stand on a podium wherever and share. And I know that it's a hundred percent of truth. You know what I mean? It's not mm -hmm. me trying to talk about biology and I have no idea what I'm saying. If this is a hundred percent to the core of my being true and yeah. real. And so that's when we said, okay, let's do it because you're never going to get it. I mean, for me, I was never going to have that passion really for anything else. Like I did going through what I've gone through and knowing what I wanted to kind of get out of it. Amazing. So you said that your husband um, kind of handles the back end of it. What, yes. what was his background? Did, did he oh, do anything or no. or <laughs> not at all? <laughs> Property. Oh wow! Literally, okay. I know you're going to be talking about coming out. Oh, God, I don't care what tell you. Property. <laughs> it's property. Um, okay. He worked in property um, yep. his whole life. That's all he knew, actually, because his family's very property orientated you know and it's something yeah. that he's grown up doing with his dad kind of like what I saw my parents doing he saw his and right. um I think for him it was like I'm gonna back you on this because I I know like if I'm gonna it's kind of like this is if I'm gonna invest something in my life mm -hmm. it's it's this because I can see that you're gonna you know I'm gonna back you we're just gonna do this because right now he's on furlough COVID is we don't know when it's gonna end we didn't know you know and Thank goodness things have calmed down and life has come back to normal, you know, for most parts, most places-ish, mm. ish. You're feeling a mm. little bit more, you know, free kind of. But um, he didn't know what kind of waited for him in the property world after. And for him, he was like, all right, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take your lead on this. If you feel like this is it, this is your calling, then I got your back. And, and we went in. And we went in. And he, honestly, I'm so impressed. The research he's done, the people he's spoken with, the, the like, courses he's taken, the, like, competitions he's, like, put himself into that are so not in his comfort zone <laughs> to learn more, to be more, to understand how it all works. Um, I, I am more of the face. I kind of do, like, you know, with... Mm -hmm. just events and talking and dealing contacting even customers and just talking because I relate on a different level that no one can even pretend to kind of do but um he is he kind of he's our the, the wheels I keep it going you know and he um yeah. yeah we make a really good team I think um together we I don't know how we just we we just knew <laughs> how much it meant, meant to be is this meant <laughs> yeah. to be exactly that's amazing. Yeah. I'm glad you've had the support, though, not only obviously going through the, the breast cancer, but also with your business, because it's so difficult to even get a business off the ground, but let alone yeah. cancer oh. and a pandemic mm. and a baby. It's just like one thing after the other after I the know. other. I know, I know, so, I know, I know. You've had all of that, and we've come out of lockdown. Obviously, we had Brexit before, but you know, we, we won't talk about that. But oh, the, it was very much <laughs> in it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can I, totally. So, oh my god! Obviously, that's affected like the cost of living. Everything. Has that made a difference to your business? I mean, I don't know if prices had changed before, or prices are changing now in terms of 
manufacture but then like you know the fabrics and sourcing and all of that has that affected your business a lot a lot it's affected my business a lot um when we started um it was COVID that was like okay how are we going to physically get these garments from point A to point B because there are like barely any planes flying at this point you know like or Mm. the delays or if there was anyone it was just okay you know, how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we do it? Do we go this way? Do we go that way? And that was really tough. Um, we had so many things that were unexpected that we had to deal with. Even, and it's like hard to say, but like even when the war started in Ukraine, you know, there were so many things that we had to take into consideration because all mm-hmm. of a sudden routes that are clothing were meant to come through were no longer an option. Um, right. Just so many things. Um, Thankfully, I told you, like, our dining room is our office, so we did not have to kind of go anywhere else. We kind of just literally turned our home into our headquarters. But mm-hmm. by ordering our first shipment to ordering our second shipment now, because, you know, some items, some sites are selling out. We need to restock. Even yeah, then, sure. the prices of everything have substantially changed, and we're committed wow. to our customers, and we're not looking at all. If I could. And I mean mm. this with my hand on my heart. If I could give these out for free, everyone here, take, mm. take them. They're for you. I would. I would. In that is my goal. That is my goal. My husband's like, I understand. This is both of our business, so we gotta kind of take in the cost. And I get that, but yeah. that's what we're yeah. aiming for one day to have a whole charitable aspect to it. But amazing. Um, it's gone up. The prices have gone up. The prices of the fabrics have gone up. So getting them here have gone up. So we're trying to find different ways. Um, you know, customs duties, taxes, designing, zippers, because the zippers have to feel a certain way. Everything has gone up. Mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that we're working with only ethical companies that are, you know, with things that are put into place. Um, you know, workers that are taken care of. So everything has gone up. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we also give proceeds from every order to charity at the end of the year so we're trying to consider all that into the price but yeah everything has gone up and even shipping okay sending them out to our customers is crazy every you know if if real mail is not on strike (laughs) it's everything like literally every other week um everything has gone up um but we are trying to do our best to keep it you know i don't know try to keep it you know, our, our costs down, but at the same time, we would never compromise. So if we have to take it a bit slower, yes. then we'll take it a bit slower. If we got to grow a little, you know, it's going to take a little longer, then we will. But we're going to guarantee that, you know, the person on the end, other, other end is going to, you know, get the product they deserve. So, yeah, it's been really tough. It's really, it really has. Even, I don't know, even working from home, okay? Like, you know, I used to use my office as electricity to charge my iPhone and my, my computer and my lights on at all times. And now it's all down to us. and. These little things yeah. do add up. The heating, the you know, it's it's it's. There's no one to like help us out with that. We're doing it. We're doing it here. So it's it's all been, wow. yeah, yeah. And I guess like actually building a brand and starting a brand. There's so many things you have to consider way before even all of those things like factoring and costs. It's like you know you want to be accessible to every single size going, but even that. I guess it's it's really difficult for so hard. a small brand and so hard. Yeah. I'm really yeah. glad you actually brought that up. I really, really am because currently 
we mm-hmm. um we have in our clothing sizes small medium and large we're very 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 aware as an accessible clothing brand that we need to be having you know both sizes yeah. not extra smiles and extra it, it needs to happen yeah it, it needs to happen it's and it would honestly it's not something that i didn't it's something that we're working on and um just trying to balance our costs again because like you said if you do order there's you know a minimum order and we need to be able to kind of just balance it all out our first shipment was really to test the waters and say okay i know how much this means to me but will it work will this be something that other people resonate with now the knowledge that i've learned in just the past six months has helped me so much to know okay it's safe we can let's like you know we can get those the other sizes I know it's important that we get the other sides you know things like you know lighter materials we've been talking to you know other customers about because the funny thing is when you're going through treatment people are either super cold and our clothing are great because they do keep you warm but a lot of people mm-hmm. like myself you go through menopause I was in menopause at 29 years old and you do get you know hot flashes and hot and if you're not mm-hmm. exactly cold capping you're you're you need like you know some breathable fabric or else you know working on that and have a lot hopefully um in mind for the future uh, but it's just like everyone tells me like so it's just like one step at a time but yeah. i'm very yeah. excited so yes it's all it's all things that i consider and it's all things that i know are very important and matter but it's just kind of trying to stick it one step at a time yeah there's room for growth there and that's that's the thing with any business you don't have to go full intense I know that's me I know it's really difficult though literally really I need you in my life to tell me this every day <laughs> like calm yourself down like <laughs> but like that's me I'm like oh can we just and I'm like okay hold on breathe a little we're working on it we're working on it <laughs> you know like I just yeah. want to like help as many people as I can but like I know cool. you're absolutely right you're you're totally yeah. right and I I just patience <laughs> yeah it'll come it'll come you mentioned um cold capping earlier yes, and just yes. now what mm-hmm. what did you what is that what oh okay capping? so all right yeah this is uh, a cold cap is not available for all types of cancers i know that it is right. available for uh when you're going through breast cancer treatment what it is is literally imagine a kind of ice pack that's put onto your head and then there's like a little kind of like a helmet that secures it in connected to a machine, they press on, and it essentially freezes your head. Um, the reason for that being is if you would like to try to not lose your hair during chemotherapy treatment, you're given the option to try a cold cap. A cold cap stops the chemo from going to your head because it freezes the area. And so, right. you know, it's supposed to help reduce the hair loss. Um, I cold capped. It, it it does prolong treatment. You do have to put it on like two hours before, keep it on throughout the treatment, and then four hours after, and it's minus four on your head and freezing. I mean, really cold. I've seen some awesome, awesome results with people who have kept all their hair. Mine wasn't as great, um, but I'm very happy that I tried it out and I saw okay mm-hmm. you know this now like no I know some say no one's done this before <laughs> you know but yeah. It, yeah it's it's awesome it's awesome that you have the just the opportunity of choice I think it was one of the only choices I've had throughout my entire 
like cancer treatment and journey was, do you want to try cold cap? You know, that, that Mm -hmm. was one of the only options. Um, so it's nice to have an option at a time when you feel like you have no options. It's not for everyone and it's not the easiest, but it is there. And for that, I am thankful. And it literally just free, you're just freezer ice pack contract. Like (laughs) I can't even like, yeah, on your head. And it's, um, Yeah, some people have amazing results. It just depends how you react, but yeah. it 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 it, yeah. it is amazing to have that as a choice because, like I said, yeah. I think I had that and one other choice going through my entire treatment for something else, and that was it. Wow. So, in terms of like um, your treatments and stuff, like you said, that was one of your only choices. Do yeah. they offer you sort of alternative medicines or mm-hmm. anything like that? Not in I'm not going to be all hot tub here and like say, you know, yeah. those crazy stories where like you just drink juice and that's oh, the only I get thing that the you time. need. <laughs> yeah. Like, and yeah, you're juicing. Turmeric, <laughs> oh. don't get yeah. the chemo. Turmeric. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> no. stop it. <laughs> but, like in terms of like holistic things, like I've heard of microdosing, but not necessarily to go with cancer. But did you, were you offered anything like that? Did you do your own research? So my husband was like my number one. He was my brain. throughout. I was going through major chemo brain, which is a very real thing. And baby brain, I will say. Oh. My brain was not working between chemo brain fog and baby brain. I think I was numb for about two years. Like I couldn't think. Um, so he did kind of did all that research for me. And in the beginning, we were very, he was very, you know, he was like, let's try some pomegranate juice or celery juice. And not to take away from the chemo. That yeah. was going to happen regardless. Like, thank yeah. you. I appreciate your research. Like, that wasn't even a question for us. But to kind of yeah. supplement it. Um, and, you know, we would run past things my, to my oncologist. And he was awesome because he would never be like, Alexa, you're being ridiculous. He would just say, <laughs> you know, like, that's cool. But maybe, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. good idea. But maybe we don't. You know, like, for example, yeah. like the pomegranate juice is supposed to be like anti-inflammatory for your body which is good okay. so I thought it could help but he's like you know we want your body to be in an inflated I don't know to help fight off the cancer so like I, right. I don't okay. I think for certain people it, you gotta just talk it out you know and I was very lucky that I had my oncologist to be like hear all my crazy ideas I mean he's heard everything celery <laughs> juice pomegranate juice I mean um like even just to help with the pain like alternative and help with the nausea like whether it'd be like you know like CBD or what you yeah. know that was something that I was like oh I was a little reluctant about and you know I know I grew up in LA and that's much more open in LA yeah. than it is here in the UK um but I actually I'm very thankful for those supplementary things because they did ease a lot of the side effects that I had. Um, okay. I wouldn't say in terms of cure, no, like, mm-hmm. but ease, yes, help me get through it. Absolutely. Um, even, for example, I don't know, going through treatment, I was offered like Reiki to kind of, while I was, oh. I mean, it was like phone Reiki because it was, you know, locked down, yeah. which, yeah. yeah I was like, let's try it. You know, why not? Um, if it helps my energy levels. If it helps just, you know, balance me out, I would, I'll try anything. But for me, for sure, like I was going to follow the treatment plan that was never going to deviate for me. But anything I could have 
reflexology, you know, started that. Mm. Anything I could have mm. done to kind of ease my body to like maybe help out a little bit was yeah. definitely something I considered. What advice would you give someone that is going through treatment? Oh, okay. My advice would be, uh, I don't want to say take it one day at a time because that is the most cliche thing ever. Because I know I remember counting, okay, 10 chemos left, nine chemos left, eight chemos left, you know? Mm -hmm. But I just want to say you're doing it. You know, my advice to you is you're doing it. You're doing it. Like, I know this is not something that you raised your hand in class, like, I volunteer. You know, this is not something anyone has volunteered for. And I know how hard it can be, but you're doing it. You're getting through it. You know, it's not something that you'd ever choose, but keep on going. You're doing it. Like that was something that kept me going. Like, all right, we're, we didn't, we're not where we want to be, but you're doing it. Like we're doing it. So let's keep on going. And I will say that I felt very much alone in my experience, especially as a 29 year old, where I felt like I only met people that were much older than me going through and not dealing with the same issues that I was. Like I was thinking, can I ever have a baby again? Some, you know, older women were like, I'm past that, you know, or my chest is super important to me. I want to get into a bikini, or, you know, not at all my thing. Mm. So I would say, and I, and I, and I say this confidently now, reach out, reach out to amazing charities that are there to help that have, you know, services like counseling, like coffee mornings, like yoga after cancer. Like, do you even know how to work out after I didn't even know? Can I even use my chest? Can I even use my arms? Like my lymph nodes were removed. I couldn't even lift my right arm above my head for so long. Like how do you go through life after? And there are people out there that can help. And that is my biggest advice. You know, while going through it, you're doing it. And I know it's not something you chose to. And I know something it's not something you'd ever thought you would ever have to, but you're doing it. And, you know, when you're ready, when you're ready, because I know it takes time, there are amazing, amazing charities there to help that will honestly make your world feel a little bit less alone. Could you recommend any um, communities that are worth like checking out? So obviously not everyone yeah. can that has access access outside of their home a lot of people like relying on um online to have that support and to have that emotional connection and to speak people um do you do you have any recommendations for those yes so besides all the amazing charities i know i keep on saying like breast cancer down copperfield and 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 future dreams and high cancer care and trek stock for younger adults i mean honestly incredible charities that do incredible work like really teenage cancer you know kid for for uh, just I can't a kid like or a teenager going through when I went through already was it like a lot for me and when you're not even at that place in your life I can't even begin to fathom but um and I know this is gonna sound but there are also amazing influencers on like on social media mm-hmm. amazing influencers that I definitely recommend if you're just exploring because I don't know. I think sometimes adding a face, someone going through a very real battle, a very similar battle to you. I feel like I know all these people that don't even know me, but I, they brighten my day. You know, they give me some hopeful messages and, you know, just share. And I don't know. It's like 
you did I would never think that cancer influencing for example works <laughs> I don't know how mm. but it does it just creates it takes away that gap that gap between you know what could be seen as like a big you know for example charity no one knows me directly or this is a face-to-face contact and it's incredible like you get to follow amazing people on a journey that keep you updated on their journey and it you don't sometimes feel like you need to talk. You know, I don't want to talk, but I can know that someone's out there relating to me and someone's there to speak. And honestly, the cancer community is not a club you'd ever ask to be a part of, right? I would never, but it has the yeah. most amazing members. Like, you don't need to know anyone. You don't. You could just mess it. Hi, I am just got diagnosed and I just saw your story and I think you're incredible and I would love to. Yeah, 100%. I don't think there's been anyone that I've ever heard that has messaged someone or, or contacted, been contacted by and said, no, God, no. It's the most open arms. You talk to someone as if you've known them for like 20 years. So mm. I will say that besides the charities and amazing support they provide, on social media there is an amazing community built around, you know, some, I guess some big figures going through it. and are there to speak to you and relate and it's pretty incredible honestly I when some of these like for example influencers like I need to take a break for a week a day or two I'm like oh <laughs> I miss you <laughs> I miss you in my life because you know it's a nice it's nice to it's nice it's nice it's just nice it's yeah. just really nice yeah yeah it's wonderful it's, that so many people are sharing their stories as well yes exactly and um it can be very, very daunting. And I know that I was not necessarily sharing my journey um, until I started Porto and Bella. And Porto and Bella really kind of mm-hmm. got me out of my shell. And for that, I am forever grateful. Um, mm. But now that it has, it's very, it's, it's a way of healing. Honestly, I mean that wholeheartedly. Kind of like at first, you know, telling the story, I was like, yeah, I was dying. Now. And now I'm just like, you know, I talk about it and I've, because I talk about it, and that's what it is, really. It's talking about it, and the more I talk and talk and talk about it, the easier it is to say each time. And so for me, it's been a really huge step in having been completely healed, still working on it, but healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it is wonderful. And it, I think the good thing about social media is that you don't necessarily have to share your story if you don't want to. There's that, there's exactly. no pressure, but you yeah. can still be a part of a community yes. and learn from real stories and real exactly. experiences. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of them, for me, for example, were the young, I mean, it's unfortunate to say, but were the younger people that I mm. was looking for. Not looking for, yeah. but wanted to connect with. And wasn't yeah, getting that out of as well. Exactly. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't really getting that anywhere else because I was like pretty young um, mm. in terms of the breast cancer community. But yeah, it, that for me it opened my eyes right away. So for me, I was I was very 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 kind of grateful to kind of find that community online. We were talking about the fact that you know cancer diagnoses are happening with younger people obviously do you think there could be changes to the way that they perhaps you know do procedures or even 
Like I just got my first, I, I turned 40 this year. I just had my oh first, God. I know, thanks. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you look incredible. Thank you, thank you. I had my first mammogram this week, actually. And I had no <sighs> idea what to expect. I like, I haven't spoken to any, like no one I know has had one or even shared what they went through. And all I've seen yeah. are like programs that I saw on TV. So I was like, oh, I is it going to hurt? Am I going to be in pain? Yeah. What's going to happen? I know they like squish your, your boobs into this yeah. little thing. For me, it was fine. I, yeah. I think in my head, I was just like panicking because I'd only seen what was on TV. But for sure, again, this is only something that they um, offer to people of a certain age. I know. So I know. do you think that maybe things are changing or do you, do you, I don't know, are things changing? Here's how I see it. I know that the common answer is, is tends to always be, you know, the NHS and it's just, it's too hard on the NHS to even think of already expanding. It's already overworked itself. Okay, fine. But explain mm-hmm. to me, please, please, why, you know, why there isn't a class in school for teenagers, college, in university, why there isn't one class to teach yourself how to check, what to look out for, what are some symptoms, you know, health, we talk, we talk, you know, why? We're learning about, and I'm, don't get me wrong, it's important, you know, history, math, da, 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 da. great, great, Have, I don't remember algebra, I will tell you that, I can't tell you, ask, <laughs> I cannot, except for like multiplication and division, but that I would have remembered, okay, if I knew growing up, and it was part of my curriculum, growing yeah. up in high school, and then in college, maybe, you know, to learn how to check and the importance of it and that it could happen to me at my age, that's where the change starts. That's where things need to change. Okay, we can't get the mammograms for anyone under 40. <sighs> All right, I get it. However, let's educate. Because if we educate and if we do share that awareness, then again, you have people checking earlier on. And if you're checking earlier on, we're, we're, you know, fighting cancer earlier on and we have a better chance of curing it. It's literally cancers are being, re- you know, cancer survival is greater now because, yes, cancer is, cancer rates are higher. However, the survival rates are also higher because we are checking more. So if we're teaching our kids how to do that and not putting a taboo around it and not something super scary like going into your mammograms for some, oh, I saw this in high school, like I know. This is part of the normal, healthy life. Like, I need to do this. It's not scary cancer. Then you're going to have a lot more younger adults checking themselves and being prepared rather than just living ignorantly until they're 40 or 50. And then, oh, so this is what I've been kind of waiting for until, the, you know, it's, it's, for me, that's a huge thing. For me, that's, I want my kids to know that. I want my kids yeah. to go to school and know, you know, like, dear boys, it's what you guys need to do. Girls, you know, check yourself this way. It's not going to, you know, going to help all kinds of, you know, there's so many things that you're not going to go under, you know, under the radar, not detected, but it will spread awareness. And if you're aware, you're not ignorant. If you're not not ignorant, then there's a chance of catching it earlier. So for me, that's where the real work needs to be done. And I'm super passionate about that because so much things that I learned in school have had no impact on my life. That would have had an impact on my life. And I really hope that things like that and you know will start making their way into schools because 
that's super important. You know, it's, I think that's the step forward, not the answer necessarily, but definitely a step forward. Mm -hmm. And I guess until then, we have to just keep on talking and educating our children. Yep, exactly. I will honestly, anyone that sees me now, like, check yourself, (laughs) please, (laughs) for me, for not even for you, for me, just check yourself. Just take a bath one day, just, you're lying down. Listen, if you have a minute on the couch, just just check, you know, just go for a little, nice little walk on your chest, under your arm, just check. It's fine. There's nothing there. We're good, you know, but just check because it's definitely, it's not, it's, you want to, it's, I don't want to say that, it's not better late than never, but you know what I mean? It's, it's something that, it's something that is so important. And, um, I've become very militant about it (laughs) with my family because I know how much matters. Um, so hopefully, hopefully you and I, could get into mm-hmm. schools and start making programs. Well, well, so let's you, do never it. Know. you never know. You never know. You never but know. honestly, like in LA growing up, there was, um, for example, it was called D.A.R.E. And it was about drug and alcohol, you know, abuse substances that would come into schools and teach you, right? It doesn't even have to be yeah. like a weekly thing, but like come into schools and let's teach kids, you know? And I, I can tell, still tell you about D.A.R.E. when I was 15 years old and I'm now 32 so let's, I would like to tell you about checkyourself.org when I'm 52, you know? So like, I, that's what I'm, we need to do that. That needs to, there needs to be funding for that, you know? And, and yeah. I would gladly help in any way that I can because it's important. It's really important. Thank you so much for joining us, Alexia. I you're welcome. Thank have, you for having I'm, me, honestly. You're welcome. I'm so happy to have you on and just share your story because it's just so inspiring. But Thank you so much. I think you're definitely going to be able to help so many other people. And just, even if it's a case so. of check yourself, just that little yeah. reminder, check yourself. Yeah. Um, where can our lovely audience find out more about your brand and even purchase from you? Are you in so, stores? Are you just online? <laughs> so at the moment we are just online and we have a website. Mm-hmm. It's, I would say www. I don't know if people still do that, but <laughs> www. <laughs> Porto, P-O-R-T-O, and A-N-D, Bello, B-E-L-L-O, dot com, where you can buy our range. We have three different colors, hoodies, crews, um, the sizes are unisex, so for please, for men and women, um, and uh, we also are on social media, and I think it's a more personal kind of, you know, kind of face to Porto and Bello on our social media, because mm-hmm. you kind of see my also, like, every day, and how I use the clothes, and just how it's helped me. Um, it's again, Porto and Bello, P-O-R-T-O-A-N-D-B-E-L-L-O on Instagram and on TikTok. And, um, anytime, I always say this to everyone, if you question, size it, whatever, feel free to message me. It's me on the other end directly replying to you. So everything's confidential and I understand. So it's coming from a place of just love and positivity. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Lexia. Thank you. Honestly, this was, this was really nice. Thank you very much for having me. Mm. Take care. You Bye. Too. Bye.